What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers. Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are locked on the Packers. Hello, my name is Bill Huber, and I've covered the Green Bay Packers in some form or fashion since 1997, including for Scout.com since the summer of Favre in 2008. If you didn't know, Packer Report was created by some fellow by the name of Ray Nitschke. You might have heard of him, Pro Football Hall of Fame linebacker and one of the great middle linebackers in NFL history. Well, he created Ray Nitschke's Pro Report in 1972. He retired six weeks later, knowing full well that journalism, not football, was the way to go. Honestly, though, I always wanted to cover football, and frankly, with my athletic ability, following Nitschke's footsteps as a writer, not a football player, was definitely the way to go. Each day, I will bring you inside the Packers. I'm there every single day. I'm like a lot of the bloggers who you listen to, and they're every single day. I'm talking to Mike McCarthy, who calls me Stats Guy. I'm talking to Aaron Rodgers, who calls me Seinfeld, for reasons I don't understand. So I'm there every day. I got the answers you want. Feel free to contact me anytime at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. Okay, enough of the opening introductions here. As I was leaving Lambeau Field this evening, my friend over at Scout, Tim Yatter, sent me an email linking to a USA Today story. In that story, the NFL has threatened to suspend Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers, the Packers star outside linebackers, along with former Packers linebacker Mike Neal. If they don't begin to cooperate into the league's investiga- investigation into the Al Jazeera America documentary, The Dark Side. In case you missed it, considering, uh, considering the network, you probably did. There was a hidden, do- hidden camera documentary in which a fellow by the name of Charlie Sly, a former intern in an anti-aging clinic, said he got close with Mike Neal. And the Neal then recruited Peppers, Matthews, and other members of the Packers and had taken performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, Mr. Sly has since recanted his testimony. Nonetheless, the NFL has continued to press forward this investigation. And the NFLPA, which, you know, this collective bargaining agreement has been great for all sides. Everyone's making a ton of money. But nonetheless, the NFLPA doesn't trust the NFL. The NFL just doesn't trust the NFLPA. And these guys fit over everything. They're a lot like my two sons in that regard who, you know, we've got like 100 toy trains in our house. And you know, they'll fit over the same Thomas engine. So anyways, these guys, they're, they're fighting over everything. And this is just the latest battleground here. You know, Matthews and Peppers, you know, when we talked to those guys, Matthews said he was ready to, to uh, you know, interview with the NFL at any time. Apparently, that doesn't happen. According to the league, they tried several times to interview these players, and they keep dragging their feet here. Um, you know, from, from the player's perspective, you know, Sly recanted his testimony. So I'm not sure what's going on here. I mean, what, what, is, what is there to investigate? I mean, I understand rumors and all that, and there were rumors involving Matthews. Long before this, and Peppers at age 36 is a freak of nature. But these are just rumors. And, you know, the guy, you know, whether he's lying or not, who knows, but he's recanted his testimony. There is not a single positive drug test against Matthews and Peppers. So I, don't, I, it's, I, I understand why they're dragging their feet here and, and not cooperating. Well, I don't know if the NFL is going to make him cooperate here because if they don't have an interview with the league by August 25th, They'll be suspended on August 26th. That is the date of the Packers' third preseason game at San Fran. So that time's coming pretty soon. 
So we'll, we'll see what happens here. The suspension, of course, by league commissioner and judge during execution of Roger Goodell would be indefinite and wouldn't be anything to do with performance-enhancing drugs. It would be conduct detrimental to the league. So Goodell could keep these guys, help keep these guys suspended for however long he wants and it would be separate from any findings of performance-enhancing drug use if anything comes to it. So, you know, I'm, I'm Peppers and Matthews haven't talked forever. We have open locker room tomorrow. I'll be interested to see if those guys actually talk. But it's getting really ugly. And, and really, you wonder if the NFL is opening a whole other can of worms here. And I've thought about this for, you know, for the last several months here. And, and Fox's Kurt Menefee put this on Twitter tonight. I mean, this is really opening up whole other ways to blackmail players. You know, let's say I want something from Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers has all sorts of access and everything on that team because of who he is. So let's say I want something from Rodgers. Why don't I come up with some outlandish, crazy, asinine thing? You know what? I'm a respected member of the media. I'm a respected member who covers the team. You know, let's say the NFL takes me seriously and, and, they, and they start investigating Rodgers over the stupid stuff I made up. I mean, it, it, I could I could blackmail people, and, and so could really any famous person could, could blackmail their, their favorite athlete. It's, it's ridiculous, frankly. And you know what? You know, let's make no mistake. I, don't misunderstand me here. I have no idea about Matthews and Peppers. I don't have any idea about anybody. You know, as members of the media, you think you know guys, but honestly, you don't. I mean, you talk to them for 10 minutes a week, 15 minutes a week. We don't know these guys. I have no idea what they do on their free time or, you know, are they naturally these phenomenal athletes? Are they these freaks of nature or do they get some, you know, pharmaceutical help? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. But to start an investigation over a documentary with recanted testimony, man, I don't know about that. All right, enough drug talk. Let's talk about some football. When you cover the Packers, and they're a darn good football team, and there aren't many roster spots up for grabs, and there aren't many starting jobs up for grabs, this is the kind of stuff you banter about. Are the Packers going to play Aaron Rodgers in Thursday's preseason game? At Sunday's practice, Aaron Rodgers took his, the only reps that Rodgers took with the number one offense was a two-minute drill at the start of practice. The rest of the day was spent operating the scout team. At Monday's practice, every single rep he took was operating the scout team, which leads me to believe that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play on Thursday. You know, Mike McCarthy can talk all he wants about you know time management meetings and medical reports and all this stuff, but if you got your quarterback running the scout team, that means he's not playing. Now, reasonable people can make you know arguments on either side of the coin on this. Should Rodgers play on Thursday? Should he play every preseason game? Should he only play the third preseason game? Should he sit all the preseason and just you know drink Gatorade on the side? I mean, I don't know. I, you know, there's you know hindsight's gonna be twenty twenty here. And if Rodgers comes out of the gate, then McCarthy will be a genius. And if Rodgers you know throws a couple of interceptions at Jacksonville, then Rod, then McCarthy was a fool for not for you know keeping the guy on the sideline. Here's where I'm gonna weigh in here though, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the quarterback here. You know, last week Rodgers had a good point. He said that. There's more value to him in the practice reps than are in the preseason games. When, he, when he's at practice, he's going against Green Bay's number one defense. There's some darn good football players there. He's going up against Dom Capers' defense, which means a lot of blitzing, a lot of scheme, a lot, a lot of, a lot of playbook. Well, you know, if Rodgers were to play against the Raiders on Thursday, you know, Khalil Mack's a heck of a good player. They got some good corners, but you know, player for player, they're not as good as Green Bay's defense. The Raiders, for obvious reasons, aren't going to run any of their scheme. I mean, they're, they're going to keep their good stuff. Heck, they might keep their bad stuff, too. But they're, they're going to keep their stuff for the regular season. So, you know, if Rodgers plays the Raiders, he's going to go up against lesser competition and nothing really mentally challenging. So the added reps that Rodgers takes a practice, I, th- I think those are the value. And, I, you know, I don't know if McCarthy's thinking this because, goodness knows, he would never tell us if he's thinking this. But 
you know, by having Rodgers all week long taking the scout team reps, you know, I think it's a real benefit to Rodgers, to be honest with you. Because, you know, if, if he was running the offense, he'd be going up against the scout team defense and therefore playing lesser players. So I, I think this is a, a great way to go for Green Bay. You know, is, is having, is keeping Rodgers on the side here. You know, maybe next week in the, what used to be called the dress rehearsal game, but, you know, really no longer is, you know, get, it, get him out there and, you know, not one of these 10 play deals that he, you know, he might've gotten in week one or week two of the preseason, but, you know, let him go out there and play a half, you know, four, five, six series, you know, get to get those silent adjustments, get into a real flow of things and let the guy cut it loose. You know, honestly is playing 10 snaps against the Raiders going to do him any darn good. I say probably not. You know what? Rogers is pretty darn good at practice on Monday. I'm going to go look through my notes here and kind of read off some things. You know, I'm going to go to the red zone trail. This is against Green Bay's number one defense. First play, well, they had two running plays to start off. The next play, Rodgers rolls one direction and throws the ball across his body to the back of the end zone to running back Brandon Burks for a touchdown. You talk about accuracy here. Burks is less than 5'9". Cornerback Ladarius Gunter is more than 6'1". He has a pinpoint strike for a touchdown. And then Rodgers threw a touchdown pass to Mitchell Henry. And then in the next series, he threw a touchdown pass to Richard Rodgers. And then he bought time and bought time and bought time and threw a touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. And then he threw in the Jamel Johnson against Sam Shields. I mean, these are front-line defenders to guys who might not make it in the roster. And he's still throwing touchdown passes. It's unbelievable. You know, earlier in the day, he threw a no-look touchdown pass to Burks. You know, it was... He's had a lot of good days of practice. This had to be his best day of the summer. He, I don't want to say he's in midseason form, but he is ready to roll, regardless of whether he plays the Raiders, the 49ers, or wherever the heck they play in a fourth preseason game. This segment of Locked on Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com. Through Thursday, Packer Report members receive 15% discounts on tickets. I had a guy who got four tickets for the home opener, saved 160 bucks, and that paid for his Packer Report membership by about 16 times over. If your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44, so if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com for more information. And speaking of sponsorships, this really would be a great time for some doctor's office to give me a call. Maybe it's Bell & Health who you know, advertises for the Packers, or heck, even Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman could advertise this one. You know, I'm not going to do this every day, but... Here we are, more than two weeks in the training camp, and Green Bay is in pretty darn good shape here. They had 13 guys sit out Monday's practice. Only a couple of those were starters. One was left guard Josh Sitton. He's not hurt, just got the day off because he's a veteran. Morgan Burnett is out. Um, Jake Ryan, who's battling an inside linebacker, he's out. And Jordy Nelson remains on the PUP list with, with, his, with his knee injury and tendonitis. But, you know, otherwise, these guys are in pretty good shape. You know, I, I think maybe that's the... Uh, you know, the, the the obvious upside here of missing that Hall of Fame game and rather than having a game, they end up giving like four days off, which is basically unprecedented in the history of NFL training camps. A um, couple things I want to point out here. On Sunday, when we were talking to Eddie Lacy, Jordy Nelson walked past our interview session and to the showers, wherever the heck he was headed to, to avoid us. The guy's limping. I'm not saying it's a bad limp. I'm not saying it's got his season in jeopardy. I'm just saying the guy's limping. You know, I don't, I don't know if it's the surgery, surgically repaired knee that, that cost him off last year or if it's the tendonitis that has him on the sideline now. The guy doesn't look great. Fortunately, you know, it's hard to believe it. We're a month away from the start of the season, so we've got plenty of time here. But kind of, it kind of makes you wonder if he's going to get back in the practice field next week or the week after or if Riders and Nelson are going to get any game reps for the regular season. 
Uh, they also lost Jeff Janis with a broken hand slash broken index finger. I, I, I don't know what. It's got a cast. He got some screws stuck in there. According to Janice, the outlook is four to six weeks until he's back. You know, one thing you've learned in this business is you never, you never trust the player's opinion. I mean, it, it tends to be longer, but we'll ju- we're just we'll just go with this four to six weeks. Now, what are the what are the Packers do here? Well, if it's four weeks, I mean, the guy the guy will miss the opener and then he's back. If it's six weeks, you miss two or three games. You know, so what's Green Bay do here? I, I you know, I, I'm a, my guess based on nothing. But my guess here is Green Bay just swallows the roster spot. And, you know, if, if Janice misses two or three games, you put him on the inactive list and you're fine. You know, a lot, a lot of that ability is going to be up to the overall health of the team. Obviously, you, you only get uh, seven inactives on game day. So you, you can't be bringing along too many injured guys into the season. But if it's only a couple of games, I mean, I, I'm, I'm waiting on Jeff Janis. Uh, the, the other option is to put him on IR. And because of the new IR rules... You know, the designated for return deal is gone. What they have now is you can you put whoever you want on IR, but you can take one guy off of it. Now that guy has to be the guy can't practice for six weeks and the guy can't pre- play for eight weeks. But you can bring back one guy, and maybe that's Janice. But you know what? I know people love Jeff Janice. He's big. He's fast. He's got all the talent in the world. He's a he's a Michigan guy. He hunts and fishes. People love the guy. He's not any good as a receiver. I'm I'm sorry. He's I've seen him drop too many passes, too many point blank passes. We say, man, this this is just not going to work. With that said, he is one hell of a special teams player, and you know I, I'm not going to go around pretending that I've ranked gunners because I'd be flat out lying to you. And I'm not going to lie to you, but Jeff Janis is one hell of a gunner. He had 15 tackles last year. He was a big reason why. Tim Maste broke the team's net punt average for the fifth time in his career. He's an all-world gunner. And you know what? Sort of the guy can't play receiver. If you're getting a terrific special teams player with a seventh-round draft pick, that's a hell of a draft pick. And if I'm Ted Thompson and I'm making out my final roster, I'm keeping Janice on that roster, and I'm waiting. If i got to wait one week, three weeks, five weeks, I'm keeping that roster spot for that guy because he is a difference maker. Now, I'll be here every day talking Packers to you, so we'll get into some of the, the finer points of things here as, as we move along. But I want to take a big-picture deal here. You know, Speaking on Sirius XM NFL Radio this evening, uh, Coach Mike McCarthy said, I think we have a chance to have one of our best defenses here in Green Bay. That's a pretty bold statement. When they won the Super Bowl in 2010, those guys gave about 14 a game down the stretch. But I can see it. I mean, they, first of all, these guys get a million pass rushers. I mean, look at, look at the outside linebackers. You've got Matthews. Peppers, Perry, J. Ron Elliott, you know, Laurenta McCray showing some promise there. You know, Mike Daniels on the interior has proven he can be a heck of a good pass rusher. So, on, and if you look at Joe Witt's history, you know, with the, the cornerbacks coach, Joint Capers, on the job here in 2009, under Capers, Green Bay's cornerbacks lead the NFL in their interceptions by a mile. I think they're like 16 up over the other team. And it's a remarkable number. So, we know they're going to sack the quarterback. And we know they're going to force bad passes. And we know those passes, those bad passes, a bunch of those are going to get picked off. The million-dollar question here is, can they stop the run? And that's really, to me, this whole season revolves around that question. Green Bay's defensive line is paper thin. Mike Dennis is a heck of a good player. You know, he's he's a Pro Bowl kind of guy. The Troy Guyon is, is a quality veteran. I'm not going to say he's a star, but he's a, he's, and he's, he's a good player. And he's had a tremendous camp. But after that, too, I mean, God, who knows? You know, Mike Pinnell, who I think has got a chance to be really good, got the four-game suspension for his performance-enhancing drugs issues. 
So you go from that to your number three and four on the depth chart are your first round pick Kenny Clark and fifth round and excuse me fourth round pick Dean Lowry, and then your number five is going to be what Christian Ringo, a sixth round pick last year, or you know one of the undrafted guys like Brian Price or uh, Tyler Cooter. I mean, God only knows if any of those guys are any good. And if they're not, these guys are screwed. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you can't stop the run, you've got no chance to win in this league. I mean, I'm not saying you got to stop them to three yards of carry, but you can't, look, you can't rush the passer if you have five yards on first down. You can't rush the passer on second and five. You can't rush the passer on third and two. At some point, these guys are going to have to stop the run. You know, I feel good about Daniels and, and Gaines' ability to do that. You know, can, can Clark, can Lowry, can, you know, Christian Ringo, God, you know, God only knows. And then, and then you go to the inside linebacker group. You know, I, well, I think the D-line situation is, I don't want to say dire, but troubling. The inside linebackers, to me, are that's, that group has really, is really uh, shown some promise here in camp. You know, I've thought all along that Sam Barrington and Blake Martinez would end up being the tandem. And that appears to be the case. You know, it was throughout the offseason, it was Jake Ryan and Martinez because Barrington was coming back from last year's season-ending injury. Well, Ryan is now with a hamstring. He, he's missed like the last week or so. And Barrington is Barrington. And you know what? Barrington might have some flaws. He might not be the fastest guy. Might be an issue in coverage. But this is still football. At some point, you still got to go hit somebody. And, you know, let's just go back to 2014. You know, he made his debut against the Saints. But a couple weeks later, when was against New England. In the first couple plays of that game, Belichick called for handoffs to LeGarrette Blunt a big, bad running back, and Sam Burrington stopped that guy in his tracks. And the rest of 2014, you know, Green Bay's defense was tremendous. You know, they got him to the NFC Championship game, obviously. Barrington, when Barrington was on the field compared to when he was off the field, the run defense is almost .9 yards per carry better. It was one of the biggest differences in the league. And, I mean, you can't discount that. And, you know, Martinez has showed a lot of promise. You know, the guy can run. The guy can cover. You know, the guy is smart. Ultimately, what we don't know is if the guy can tackle. And he had his first chance last week in the Cleveland game, and he missed a tackle. Look, it's one it's one play. Let's not make anything more of it than, than one play. But, you know, those that tandem's got to be a chance to be darn good. And then, you know, if Jake Ryan is your number three guy, okay, that's good. And, you know, the guys who we didn't know much about, look, look Carl Bradford, who was a fourth-round pick in 14, drafted as a pass rusher and, and, and bombed at that, and they moved him to inside linebacker at the end of camp, and basically took up space on the on the on the roster all year then he didn't make the roster coming out of camp last year because he couldn't get it done he looks like a whole new guy I talked to him after monday's practice and he knows that it's now or never put up shut up give me some give me some more cliches i'll keep going with him here and, i mean he knows that his yeah, he knows that his time is up and he's you know I, I i think it took him a while to adapt at arizona state that whole defense revolved around him and it was attack 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 you know i think he's kind of Throwing that middle ground now where at inside linebacker, you can't attack, 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 but you also can't sit on your heels and read, read, read either. You've got to find that middle ground of read and then go or, you know, fire your gun as, you know, the coach Scott McCurley said yesterday. And I, you know, I think he's getting there. You know, he's put together a string of four or five days in a row where he's really shown up, you know, run and pass and blitz. You know, that guy might make a roster. And then there's the undrafted rookie from Mississippi State, uh, Beniquas Brown. You know, I had a scout tell me that he liked him better than Martinez coming out of the draft. And, you know, that hasn't borne out in camp. You know, Martinez is the better player, at least a better all-around player. But, you know, that, that Brown, he's got, he's got some athletic ability to him. He's got some pop. 
And just look out of place, and you know, Joe Thomas might be a small guy, but he lit up on the Browns running backs early. And you know, I, you don't want that guy starting to play a lot of snaps, but he's an athletic guy who can hit, and that's a, that's that's special teams value there. So you know, here's a team where you go into training camp wondering, you know, who the heck's going to make an inside linebacker? Or do they have four competent guys on the team? And you know, at this point, they might have six. And finally, an extra point is we wrap up our inaugural edition of Lockdown Packers. What about Usain Bolt? You know what? I got that same question four years ago on our fan forums as well over at Packer Report. What about Bolt? He's tall. He's a little bit fast. He's not some string bean. What about Bolt at wide receiver? You know what? It's not a bad idea, I have to say, except for one gigantic flaw in that theory. Imagine the pay cut that guy would have to take. Here is a multiple-time Olympic gold medalist, one of the most recognizable guys on earth, the fastest guy around. He's got endorsements coming out of his, I was going to say leotard, that's wrestling, coming out of his sneakers. Imagine the pay cut that guy have to get, take to er, get a prove-it minimum salary NFL contract. No, that's not happening, folks. I think Bolt's much better running 100-meter dashes and running through a piece of tape than running 100-yard dashes and trying to avoid ha Clinton Dix. Thanks for listening, guys, and I will talk to you tomorrow on Locked On Packers. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.